We are live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go Niners. Let's go Niners. Oh my goodness. We are live. New episode Sprint Ride Option Podcast. I am Andrew Pasquini. A man who is usually 3,000 miles away is about 15 feet away from me on the other side of the room, Jason Aponte, and we are joined by Brad Graham. Jason, how are you doing on this lovely, I think this is the first Saturday Sprint Ride Option podcast off the top of my head. So how are you doing on this lovely uh, Saturday afternoon? You know me, lamping in the laundry room, ready to talk some football, uh, looking at my notes and everything. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, eventful day of practice today. And uh, can't wait to talk with you guys about it. And it, this is the first time that we've done one of these in the same room, all three of us. You know, it's just different places. So, yeah, it's, uh, that, that part's exciting for sure. It's it's very exciting. I got to hang out with Jace. And I also got to hang out with Brad Graham. Brad, how are you doing today? How did you enjoy practice? How was your day? I saw you working hard, getting pictures, videos when we were allowed to do it. How are you doing today on Saturday? I'm doing phenomenal. I got to see my guys today. Got to see everyone in action. I got the Jordan Elliott uh, legendary setup behind me. Uh, I couldn't be happier right now with the squad today. We get to talk football. Uh, We got some good stuff. We got some good nuggets from practice, too. It it was a good time. I'm ready to go. Beautiful. We have we have a kind of a little bit of a setup. So if there's any background noise or anything, one of us got to mute our mic. So we apologize if that happens at any point today. Uh, we're obviously here to talk about day four 49ers practice. It was fun. It was my first time doing any any type of practice. I think it's only my second 49er event of my life. It's exciting. It was fun. And hey, guys, guess what? We're going to talk about the quarterback position. Obviously, talking about Kyle Shanahan, he went, I believe, nine for 18. No, I'm, I'm joking. We're talking Trey Lance today. Uh, we're going we're to talk a little bit of everything. Uh, Trey Lance's day, it was fine. It, I mean, I, I'm not a big practice numbers guy. I, I tracked his throws, all that. I didn't track it. I kept track of the stats. Nine for 15, he had an interception. Four of his nine completions would have been sacks. We'll talk offensive line, defensive line. We have Brad. He's he's all that. So Jason, really quick, what was your thought? Obviously, everybody wants to talk Trey Lance. What was your thought on Trey Lance? What you saw, what you liked, what you didn't? I'm much better than what was reported yesterday, which I wasn't there for, or the day that I was there. So I, I will say that for sure. Uh, some really good throws, um, some misses. Again, bumps and bruises were supposed to happen. You just can't all of a sudden – say, well, I didn't want to hear about the bumps right and the bruises right now. Like, it, it's not when. It's just happening. And, and again, the, the thing I keep coming back to is the pads and, and what's really going to look like with the protection. But the defensive line was getting after it today, like, a, a, a great deal. Like, Nick Bosa. Like, can we, can we petition to Kyle Shanahan? Like, dude, stop practicing Nick Bosa. Like, we know Nick Bosa's good. He's disrupting things for Trey Lance. Like, Trey Lance needs pockets sometimes, and Nick Bosa is just a menace. So, it doesn't make sense to me why you keep doing it. Yeah, you want to keep him out there, get him reps. We know what Nick Bosa is. He's good at football. I don't think you really need so many reps from him. No, you really don't. And he he was dominant. He was facing Mike McGlinchey. And I think it was Mike McGlinchey's first day of 11 v 11s. And I'm sure everybody, I'm sure people have been talking about McGlinchey not looking great against Bosa. He had a good rep against him. But you got to remember, no pads. They're not really doing, they're going through the motions. There's some contact on the line. It's nothing mind-blowing, nothing crazy. Bosa looked good. Nick Bosa's way bigger in person than, than I could have imagined. I saw him up close and personal. But Brad, 
what were your quick thoughts on Trey Lance? Uh, anything stand out? Anything specific? Where are you make you excited? Anything like that? My favorite thing about Trey Lance so far is when he makes a mistake, he comes back and he keeps dealing. I think that's the biggest thing about practice that might get overblown is the fact that these guys are making mistakes. Maybe interceptions are thrown here or there, but that's practice. That's what that's what we're here to do. We're here to make all the all the mistakes out on the practice field. And I think he had a, a late interception in the second team period of the day, but he ended with a nice pass to Brandon Ayuk over the middle. Uh, with a lot of velocity on it. So those are the kinds of things that I like to see. I think I'm not seeing a guy who's hanging his head. I'm seeing a guy who's going to keep dealing. Uh, and we all know he needs the reps. So he's getting them out there, and he's under duress. And so I'm liking everything that I'm seeing from Trey Lance so far. Yeah, and you mentioned the best throw of the day. It was a beautiful semi-deep attempt to Brandon Ayuk. Charvarius Ward was in coverage. And and we we had plenty of discussions because we were talking like, did he catch it? Did he not? I think we all came on agreement that he did catch that ball. It was a very well-thrown ball. As I said, a little bit of the concern, four of his nine completions would have been sacks, but that's not on him. It wasn't him holding the ball. It's the Niners defense. I don't know if you guys know this, Jason, Brad. The Niners defense is really good, and there is a possibility – that this is the best defense that Trey Lance will face all season. So there's a lot of pressure, a lot of hard looks. His cleanest pocket of the day, he threw an interception to Fred Warner, who said he's he's working on coverage, and he's been one of the better coverage linebackers in the NFL the past couple of years. So if if, if Fred Warner's working on getting better in coverage, I, I mean, I hate to be that guy, but like it's Fred Warner season. I, if we're talking about Trey Lance season, it's, it's Fred Warner season because – he looked good, and, and I guess this is a quick transition to Fred Warner. He had two interceptions. I guess one interception. He had one off of Kyle Shanahan. I had fun watching Kyle Shanahan uh, throw footballs today. That, that was maybe my favorite part. Jason, I know you were impressed with Fred Warner. It's very hard not to be impressed with him. I mean, he is in a world where Nick Bosa doesn't exist the best player, and I think there's an argument made he is the best player on the defense, even with Nick Bosa there. Uh, what, what were your quick takeaways on Fred Warner? I mean, he was on fire today. And and it was all at, at three levels, right? Like, Traverius Ward is locking down the secondary. Fred Warner is there. And Nick Bosa is just a menace. And Javon Kinlaw actually looked very spry today as well, too. So these are all good things. Again, uh, context matters when you talk about things. I just I wanted to go back to Trey Lance just real quick. Just some of the things. Like, the first throw to Jawan Jennings was a beautifully well-timed throw with zip on it right off of play action. Looked good. Looked look, look exactly how you want it. Timing, perfect. Everything out. Ran a jet sweep to Ray Ray. Then they just ran the ball with Mitchell. And then there was plays where, you know, Ayuk's open on the side. He throws a little high. Hey, you know, again, you, you want to focus on the positives? Brandon Ayuk is getting open. Brandon Ayuk had a very stellar pr- practice today. Like, he he looks very good. He looks very much the part. A lot of that has to do with, yeah, I guess the Debo's not there. But for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter. Like, if, if he doesn't make a catch against Mosley or anything like that or, or Ward, doesn't mean that he's not open. It's just, was the ball there? Do they make a great play at the end? Like, you have to give credit on both sides. So, it's it's the defense is so much so much more encouraging at this point now because you have now three like top level stars on three sides you have your cornerback one you have your linebacker who is making all the plays and you have Nick Bosa who is an absolute menace man like he just today was I, I again it's not with pads anything like that but what scares me for opposing NFL offensive lines is you have to work on finesse moves nobody's in there crushing each other with power moves because there's no pads if he's getting by with finesse and he's getting faster that way. 
that's just scary. That is just really, really scary in terms of, remember, everybody said, well, Nick Bosa says this, I want to be in the best shape of my life. I want this to be their best year. You don't want to get too excited over day four, but maybe I'm getting too excited. He just was incredible today, man. Yeah, and as I said, like, I, I know a lot of people, there's a lot of talk of Trey Lance. My, ju just watching it, just watching it, my biggest takeaway is this defense is very good. And and you mentioned the three stars at each level. If you want to go even further and say the safeties are a fourth, I know they're the defensive backfield. You also have Jimmy Ward at safety. And, and this defense, I, I don't think I've ever been as confident in a 49ers defense as I am this one right now. It really feels like this secondary – it's been a question for not even just the Shanahan era. Like it feels like my whole life, the Niners cornerbacks have been in question. Even the Carlos Rogers year, you know, Chris Culliver, is he great? You know, things like that. There's depth there. There's guys that the Niners drafted last year that, that might not see playing time because how good Emmanuel Mosley or how good Traver Traverius Ward stood out today. You still have Jimmy Ward guys like that. It's, this defense is going to be a problem. I hate to speak in hyperbole like that, but it, it's it's so good. They're flying around. Fred Warner's in on every play. I think outside of the interception, Fred Warner's most impressive play, I believe it was a pitch play to the left to Elijah Mitchell, and Fred Warner was there just, just in a heartbeat. It, it, it could have been a big play, and, and it's hard to tell with the run plays on this because the offensive line and defensive line, they're not engaging too much. So a lot of runs in the middle, they they – they gain way bigger than they're supposed to because, you know, they're not tackling. Fred Warner was in the backfield on that pitch play. That that could have been a big play. So watching this defense, it it was so fun. They moved so fast. You mentioned Javon Kinlaw. He's he's looking big. He's looking good. Nick Bosa, he's obviously there. So, yeah, the defense is really, really exciting. Uh, Brad, any thoughts on I, – I, I didn't mean to cut off the Trey Lance talk. If you had any extra thoughts on Trey Lance and then segue into the defense and then what you saw, what you liked. Well, to kind of piggyback on what you guys were talking about with Javon Kinlaw, it's really nice to see him back in team periods because we all know we right before training camp, we heard the news that Maurice Hurst could potentially be lost for the year. Uh, Eric Armstead is on the shelf for a couple weeks uh, with the knee sprain. So, you know, around these 49er parts, we, we're, we have a little bit of injury PTSD. Um, so it is nice to see guys like Javon Kinlaw back on the field creating havoc. I think my favorite play from Javon today was against Aaron Banks in a one-on-one -on -one situation in team periods. Absolutely bull rushed Aaron Banks off the line of scrimmage, forced Trey Lance to step up right into a Drake Jackson would have been an easy sack. Those are the types of things that you really like to see. And again, you guys have talked about at every level, but this defensive line, linebackers, safeties, defensive backs, this defense is stacked. Um, so I'm just as hyped as you guys are. I think the 49ers have done a good job of not only having star stars at each level, but the depth behind them is proving to be pretty nice. We saw Tarvarius Moore. It's been a while. He had two interceptions on the day. Um, you saw guys making plays. Quantrez Knight, undrafted free agent, one of my favorite plays on the entire day. Uh, blitzed off the right side. Would have got, got the sack. Tagged off the sack. They threw it out to the flat. He chased it down in the flat. I was like, okay, I like this guy a lot. So there's a lot of positives with the defense. The defense – it's just phenomenal. Yeah, and that Quantrez Knight play, I definitely meant to bring it up. It was pretty impressive for him to get in the back, but I believe he blitzed from the slot. And thank you for the donation, 49ers Daddy. I like the name. 
I believe he blitzed from the slot. I, I didn't see the setup, but yeah, he he got to the backfield. He got the touch, and Lance, I forget who he completed it to, but Knight busted his ass downfield and got the touch down the field as well. So it, it's good to see that effort. It's exciting to see the effort. You mentioned the Tarvarius Morse interception. He's in a camp battle right now with Talano Hufanga. That second safety spot is up in the air. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people think it's going to Hufanga, but Tarvarius Moore has been successful with the 49ers in the past. He's seen starting time in, in the past. I believe he had a pretty good game against the Patriots in 2020 off the top of my head, I believe it was. So I, I don't know how much more we can praise the defense. So Jason, do you want to, you want to see if you can praise the defense even more? No, the Tavares Moore thing is really interesting. I mean, it was Nate Sudfeld who really, really struggled today. I mean, he he had uh, he had two interceptions, uh, three interceptions, two to Tavares Moore, one to Tavares Ward. But uh, Brendan Ayuk was wide open, deep ball, just missed him over the top. And, uh, again, Brendan Ayuk continues to stand out. Look, the defense is going to give people fits. That's fine. Right now, uh, it's really hard to evaluate any sort of line play on either side, aside from the defensive line, which you already knew. You already knew it was going to be good. Like, I didn't have to see anything, like, from this. To, like, you knew that this was going to be good. It's the, the offensive line, especially with the shuffling going on. You know, today, Jake Brenda was back at center. Yesterday, it was Daniel Brunskill. Seems like Spencer Burford has at least a early hold on the right guard position. Mike McGlinchey's first real snaps in how long. Trent Williams played a little bit, but then it was Jalen Moore who also, like, Nick Bosa was terrorizing both sides. Like, he, he moved from one to the other. So it wasn't like, oh, well, he's just picking on Mike. Well, yeah, he's picking on everybody because he's that good. Again, we're not going to find out a lot about this offense right now until the offensive line gets settled. There's no sort of shuffling anymore. And it really gets solidified. Like, it's really shocking to still know that Daniel Brunskill hasn't taken one right guard rep right now, especially when we thought it was going to be all the way across from, you know, like, like we thought that there was incumbents, right? By the way, it's not hot over here at all. It is not hot in the West Coast at all. Like, I saw someone complain about I can't go to practice because it's hot. Like, what are we talking about? I just came from the East Coast where it was like 105 degrees, like heat index. And it's like 75 degrees and I wore a sweater the entire time. It's not hot over here at all. Anyway, um, it's the offensive line. I think once it gets short up and once you start to get to a point where you have a rotation, you know where guys are going to be, it, it's going to be more – it's going to be better. It's going to be way more efficient. It's going to be better when you see that. So, Trey, it's funny. Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey play on the first on the first rep of his. He gets good protection. Timing throw correct right on time. Funny how that works. Funny how that is, right? So, again – it's not anything to overly analyze, but we have to analyze something. Wow, Rich Madrid is a YouTube member. Thanks, Dad. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it's just uh, it's just too early to, to get too upset in any way uh, about things like that. And, and you mentioned the offensive line, and I've said it so many times on this podcast talking about this offensive line. I feel dirty talking about the offensive line without really knowing what Brad Graham thinks. And hey, we have Brad Graham today. The the first team that I noticed, I wrote down, I don't know if there was, I, I know they had two team practices going on. The one I noticed that the starting offensive line was Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford, and Mike McGlinchey. That's what they ran with the ones. Brad, do you think that's what we're going to see week one? Do you think Daniel Brunsill is going to get more of a chance once he gets more healthy? Because I know he's been with the second team centers. Do you think this offensive line, it's it's July 30th, way too early to really worry about it. Do you think this is the line they could possibly run with week one, or, or do you expect any changes? 
I expect the 49ers offensive line to be Trent Williams at left tackle, Aaron Banks at left guard, Dan Brunskill at center, Spencer Burford at right guard, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. So since day one of training camp, uh, Brunskill and uh, Brendel have been splitting reps with the first team. Uh, they have You can start to identify the cadence in which they split. Um, and it is becoming more and more apparent that Dan Brunskill is pushing to be the starter. Again, you had today after practice, Dan specifically with Trey Lance working on shotgun snaps for a solid 10, 15 minutes potentially, because when I had Dan on my show, we were talking about the center position. He was talking about one of the hardest things of being a center is doing your blocking responsibilities and having to snap the ball at the same time. (laughs) But good thing we're not talking about the backup quarterback right now. We're talking about the backup centers. Um, (laughs) Rich, we love you. Thank you for the donation. We appreciate it. But uh, yeah, continue, continue Brad with the backup center talk. Christ, man. All right, let's get this thing going. So back to the offensive line. I'm already red enough, Rich. I don't need to get any redder. Come on now. (laughs) All right. So with the centers, with the centers, I'm really excited about it because it does look like it's going to be Dan Brunskill. And when we saw McGlinchey out there, Brunskill, and – uh, Trent Williams, the offense felt like it was mo- more cohesive than it's been in the earlier days and team periods leading up to camp. It's really what it feels like it's going to be. And again, we talked about it too. Nick Bosa was wrecking havoc today. And he got he got Mike a couple times, but I do have to give Mike his flowers. He, got, he had some good reps on Bosa too. This one rep that I particularly was clued in watching them on the matchup. Bosa tried to set him up with outside speed. Mike snapped back into his kick step, and you could tell he was anticipating the outside speed. Bosa works inside counter move, and as a result, Mike did a really good job of picking it up, sticking his foot in the ground, and washing Bosa down the line of scrimmage just enough to allow Trey Lance to kind of angle behind Mike, and he delivered a really good pass right off the bat. Uh, So overall, in regards to the offensive line, it's – I'm starting to feel better about it. Obviously, seeing Trent Williams back out there, seeing Mike McGlinchey, and getting Brunskill into the mix, I really feel like those guys are going to be key key emphasis and key points for the offensive line. So that's kind of how I see the O-line playing out as we continue to move forward. And by the way, just real quick, Brock Purdy stinks. Can you guys stop? Like, stop talking about him. I like. I don't want to make, like, grand statements or anything like that, but my goodness, man, can we cut this out? Like, can we completely, like, stop this narrative out, please? Look, and again, backup quarterbacks aren't good. That's why they're backups. There's only like two or three really solid backups, and you only want to see them for three games, not 10 games. If your backup quarterback has to play 10 games, doesn't matter who it is, your season's probably in trouble. So, again, like, can we just cut this out? Like, I know it's a joke, it's a meme, but, like, God, please, he's, like, not good. Yeah, we, we don't need to revisit the OG days of the Sprint Red Option podcast when we were talking about Nick Mullins or Jimmy Garoppolo. Brad, I'll let you take this question. Thank you, Tony, for the donation. Has Donovan West taken any reps at guard? Brad, I'll let you take it. So, no, Donovan West has not taken any snaps at guard. The center 
the undrafted free agent center that's been taking primarily snaps at guard is Jason Poe. So Jason Poe has been the one taking the, the guard snaps. Donovan West right now has been the third string center. Honestly, haven't seen too much of Jason Poe at center. It's been Donovan West. Uh, so it looks like, looks like Donovan's found a home at center and Jason Poe is the one who's taking guard reps. Just want to pat myself on the back a little bit. You had to be clued in on his contract and how it was set up that he was actually going to be a big part of this. Like they don't give an undrafted free agent that amount of money guaranteed off the bat. Like that's that's why I kind of talked about he has a really, really good shot at making the 53 and they're giving him every opportunity at this point. Yeah, and and I think the bummer for the offensive line, because as I said, four of Lance's nine completions could have been sacks. We're not going to find out anything about them in the in these practices. We might find a little bit when the pads come on on Monday, maybe a little bit. We really won't find out until we see how they look against other teams. But the unfortunate thing on that is the 49ers have three preseason games in 12 days. We're not going to see a lot of anybody in the preseason. So we might not really know what this offensive line looks like until the bears, until the Seahawks, until the Broncos, until we really know what it is. So I I'm excited to see what it is because I, I do think there's potential. I think I'm excited to see Burford at the right guard. Cause that's, that's probably the biggest surprise of camp so far just Burford getting the snaps at right guard, but I, I'm excited for the anchors of Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey on the outside. You mentioned McGlinchey had a couple rough reps against Nick Bosa, but he also had a couple good ones. So the offensive line is obviously going to be the talk outside of the quarterback position because there's so many question marks. It it slowly feels like it's getting more and more stable each day. And, and it's, it's good to see that certain players are sticking to their spots because I, I, I don't think we're going to learn too much on these practices, but I do think what we see is, is what Kyle Shan, Shanahan's thinking what he wants to try, what's he, what he's doing. I think that's the biggest takeaways you should get. I know I know the stats are fun to look at with the quarterbacks, and that's what everybody likes to talk about, but they're empty. They're, they're literally empty stats. They're empty stats, so it's, it's, it's fun to discuss. I'm excited to see what this offensive line and see how much it shifts around when the pads go on and, and in preseason because we'll probably see Burford and, and Aaron Banks play. We won't see more of, you know, I don't, you don't have to play Trent Williams in preseason. Maybe you'll see McGlinchey take some snaps since he's coming off an injury, but that also might be a reason to not play him in the preseason, right? So as a whole, the offensive line, I think that's going to be the focus, in my opinion, for the preseason and the rest of camp. But we, we're really not going to know until the regular season comes along. So Jason, I'll let you pick the next topic because I, I think there's a few more things we got to go. I, I want to see where you want to take it. Uh, I guess just a little bit of the other stuff that I saw with Trey, there was one pistol snap and I, and I thought that there would be a little bit more of a bigger shift to that. I just saw one of them. Um, not certain if I could remember other days where it was happening, but you kind of, you kind of think about the way RG three ran that offense when Kyle was running it, you, you think that they probably would put him in those positions. They did run it once. And it actually, I think it, it led up to a big gain to Elijah Mitchell. So that's something that was a little bit interesting when it comes to that. There was a drop, I think by Kittle that was like, you know, Fred Warner was in coverage again. Like it was, it was a really nice ball, but it was just, it was covered. Well, maybe Kittle should bring it in. I'm sure Kittle would tell you that he should bring it in, but you know, it just landed incomplete. And then there was just a stretch of sack, sack, Strikes to Ray Ray McLeod, sack, 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 question mark. And that's kind of what it felt like. And again, we'll talk about this is when the play breaks down, like they're not going to sack the quarterback with no pads or touch him. Even when the pads go on, you're not supposed to touch the quarterback. But there's many times where 
those plays are just going to end in a sack. And and the, the defensive line was winning, winning, winning. And it was from many sides. Javon Kenlo was playing well. Nick Bosa was playing well. So I don't know, man. Like, again, we're talking about defense. It's hard not to be hyped about this defense right now because of how they look in the infant stages. And when you know what you know about D'Amico Ryans and how he's been able to evolve his defense and put people in spots, like Hufanga today kind of wasn't in the way. But I think Andrew made a great point on the way back. It's like, we didn't notice anything that was wrong with Hufanga, and that's good. Like, if you don't like, if you don't necessarily speak about that, it's like it's good because he was in the right spots, you know. And then the interception of Fred Warner was his cleanest pocket, but that was, you know, like it was very Jimmy Garoppolo esque. What's the word? You know, like it was just like that. But yeah, like I'll let Brad go. So I kind of wanted to pick up on some of the things you were talking about, Trey Lance. And since Jason, you and I were at training camp last year. One of the things that I've noticed is he's being run a lot less, right? When we talked about the zone read, quarterback powers, things like that. When we were at training camp last year, it was like the Trey Lance show. Like every other play, it felt like he was going down the sideline, breaking off big run after big run. It feels like Kyle is intentionally really trying to develop Trey Lance as a pocket quarterback, does it not? Whereas last year felt like the the implementation of the zone read was felt like, you know, the Trey Lance package that we've talked about and they've talked about felt like the run element was a huge part of it. It feels like it's not so much this year. And I think that's for a good reason, because I think we all understand Trey can run the football. I don't think that is really too much of a concern. It's to develop him as a pocket quarterback, get him to be able to look off safeties underneath linebackers, see all the things in front of him, and make the proper reads and decisions, and then deliver the football. So I, I found that interesting because when he does run, you know, he, is an, he has an electric element to him. But I have noticed just going back from last year's training camp feels like a completely different way that they're using Trey Lance. Would you agree with that? I would. The zone read was there for like one day where they were like gashing off run after run. And then that kind of went away. But yeah, again, you know, this is cliche and you've heard this from many other people besides me. Practice is the time to try things out and work on the things you're not good at. Like if everybody just worked on what they were good at, you don't improve in other areas. And I think we all agree that Trey Lance has to work on timing, intermediate throws, the type of throws that Jimmy Garoppolo, let's face it, hit, hit for the most part. Right. Like those things need to happen. And I think we know that he can throw the ball down the field. You saw it. His last throw of the day was the best throw to to Brandon Ayuk on that post. It was beautiful. It was it was right after he threw an interception, I believe. Yeah. No, it was a pick. They ran the ball with Mitchell and then they went to that play. So, again, now's the time to try it. Now's the time. And that's why you never overreact. Nobody should have overreacted when Jimmy threw five. Nobody should have overreacted when Patrick Mahomes threw 11 and like six. Like, again, you're working through things, and that's all that matters. And, again, I'm not going to overreact until the pads actually come on and guys get the block up front, and you get to see how he reacts to a pocket not being, like, completely collapsed, but just collapsing around him. Can he step up? Can he move? Can he get out of somebody's way? Those are the things that you're really looking for going forward, and we're going to find that out pretty quickly going forward. So, again, no reason to make any sweeping assessments, no reason to, to throw anybody under the bus and just say, well, this is it, they're done, they're cooked. It's very early on. We have to analyze something. I realize that. But at the same time, you just you cannot be absolute with all this stuff at this point. 
Yeah, I'm not going to make any sweeping realizations or anything like that until probably like week six. I think that's the safe area when you really know what the team looks like. And Jason, you actually mentioned zone read and all that. They did run one that was that would have been a big play to Elijah Mitchell. And the only reason I mentioned that is it was out of the shotgun. It was going outside. So I don't think necessarily the offense. I mean, there could be a situation where an offensive lineman got up the field quick, but they didn't. And it would have been a big play because the blocking was set up on the outside and, and he did get free. Elijah Mitchell, I noticed him a few times, as I said, take or leave the running backs just because the blocking isn't, you know, they're not going 100%. They don't have pads or anything like that. So take that as you may. I uh, TDP was decent. We noticed him a few times. That was exciting to see. Uh, but yeah, as a whole, I'm not, I'm not making any bold statements or anything based off Trey Lance, throwing an interception, taking a lot of sacks. I, 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 noted that two of the sacks he took he was behind the second line he didn't have the first line the whole time so that this isn't everything's on McGlinchey you know I know a lot of people like to do that it's not one of those things he did have second line uh second team offensive linemen in front of him for a couple of them I I, I think if anything my biggest concern was the play where he had the cleanest pocket he didn't see Fred Warner but hey it's practice this is where we work these things out I'm okay with it because I'm I I'm choosing to take the angle of the 49ers defense is really good more so than I'm concerned about Trey Lance because I'm not concerned about Trey Lance. We don't we don't know what he's going to look like yet, and I think that's the excitement of it. So yeah, to me, I think ultimately, if we're if we're just going to have the biggest takeaway of camp for me, the 49ers defense is is going to be good this year. I'm not. I'm really excited to see what this unit can bring. And it's funny, other established quarterbacks who have going to are going to different places at training camp. Just read their reports; they're struggling. And at this point of the year, when training camp, defense is ahead of offense. So. I'm not ready to just go crazy with all of these things, right? Like you read about this guy, you read about this guy throwing seven picks, you read about this guy, like not hitting anybody. Nobody is overly freaking out. And, and I think that it's happening across the league because here's, here's where we are. It's three or four days into training camp, no pads, anything like that. It's easy to get swept up in guys who are playing well. Like there's Paris Campbell reports out of the Colts. Does that mean he's just going to automatically ascend for my dynasty teams? I hope so, but I'm not going to automatically just take that and run with it. I mean, Romeo Dobbs is killing it over in Green Bay, pa- Green Bay Packers camp. Does that mean that he's automatically going to take over wide receiver one while Christian Watson's out? Like, again, all of this stuff needs to be contextualized. And and this is the like this is the fun part. And this is, I guess, what I want to like pass along. We're all just happy to be talking about some sort of football. So, but it's important to understand that you're not going overboard with these things and things aren't final. Like you shouldn't be running out to trade for this and this guy in your dynasty league because he got one nice day of training camp reports. Like slow down. Let's see where we are. If this continues with the offense, if it continues getting closer into the end of next week, into that next week after that, that's when maybe you can put your little concern hat on. But at this point, it's, it's just football that like we're having fun talking about at this point. Doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, and just to the point, Jason, just to add to your having fun with it, uh, we 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 were lucky enough to have Kyle Shanahan throwing passes to the defense on our side, and I wrote down all of his throws, everything he did, and it was the most fun I had of the day. Ten for eighteen, he threw four interceptions, which I guess is good because it's the Niners' defense. Yamador Lenore had a pick. Fred Warner had a pick. Uh, the big takeaway I had on Shanahan's throwing ability: five. Ch- Five of his 10 completions were check down. So, like, I guess we see why he liked Jimmy Garoppolo so much is that's what he wants to do. He went to the check down a couple times too quick, but he did have that one move that you really liked where he locked onto that one receiver, and at the last second he turned and threw. I believe it was a completion. So, like, 
like man i'm excited to be talking about real football once again and, and and it's fun it's supposed to be fun it's exciting it's a very exciting time of the year brad i'm gonna give you the same question i gave to jason just is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to touch on kind of get get different views on what you saw I'm just really excited to see the defensive line against the offensive line with pads on because there are other guys that we haven't really talked about. Like Robert Kamdichi really feels like he's bringing an energy. Uh, Chris Kurserek had to kick him off the field on one play because he was going too hard. And I think one of the coolest things about that is you had Nick Bosa literally walk off the field with him, put his arm around him, and just you had him just kind of Nick Bosa kind of talking through Robert Kamdichi and it felt like it was like this is what we do here this is how we handle like it felt like you got to see uh kind of Robert Kamdichi who does feel like he still got some potential left in the tank and then you got to see a team leader in Nick Bosa put his arm around him and kind of tell him what's up and what to expect and how to move forward so you don't get kicked out of a team period because you're probably going a little too hard and potentially getting one of your guys hurt. Uh, but I am really excited to see Kamoko Ture, Trey Jackson. Um, I think Kamoko Ture, you know, I was watching Alfredo Gutierrez uh, because, you know, a lot of people want to know how he's been doing. I want to know how he's been doing. And Kamoko just blew by Alfredo in about, 0.3 seconds with a beautiful hand swipe got right by him so i know a lot of the focus goes on to guys like javon kinlaw eric armstead nick bosa but i think the depth on this defensive line is going to be absolutely phenomenal and i'm excited to see when the pads come on when the offensive line actually has a chance to protect themselves and actually take the attack to the d-line to then see what happens so I can't wait for Monday when the trenches are going to be, uh, I think, going to be one of the number one things to watch in training camp once pads come on. Brad, as the O-line expert of this panel, the guy who knows the most of offensive line, allow me to ask you a question real quick. And obviously I'm joking. Um, what I kind of noticed with Mike, especially when he had a few bad reps against Nick Bosa or Nick Bosa was blowing by him, it was he was getting too jumpy in terms of, not letting it come to him. Like he's lunging, like he's he's helping Nick Bosa out by lunging. And what Bosa was doing was swiping the hands away. And now you're in a position where you've already moved up too far because you've lunged instead of waiting for it to come to you and attacking his moves, right? And and again, a lot of that has to do with no reps, anything like that. And he's just getting back in there. But I did notice that a little bit, that he was just a bit jumpy, just a little bit, like where he's already trying to create the point of attack instead of waiting for the point of attack and then just trying to swipe away at that point because Bosa's watching him come up and when he throws two hands up Bosa's swiping and he's just by him like at that point or he's you know like there was a point McGlinchey had to grab him and just and just bring him down like and and again McGlinchey doesn't have to face Nick Bosa like uh, again he doesn't have to face him during the season so I'm not trying to talk down on him it's just something that I noticed a little bit in terms of what Mike was doing today that kind of stood out to me because I was just like, man, just, you know, like I talked to somebody in Mobile who was really like, you know, the same way that you and I, Brad, we chopped it up. He was talking about waiting for them to make the move because when they make the first move, you're able to react. You're able to, to to set your pace after that. And it kind of just felt like he was trying to rush that process and because he just knew he's like, damn, this guy's really fast coming at me right now. And then that would happen. But I think we got a donation if you wanted to throw it up on the screen, Brad, so, uh, so you could read it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the donation, Arturo. At what point should we be worried about Debo not being signed? Jason, I think you got to mute your mic. Oh, we got we got we had a mic unmuted. There we go. We're good. Uh, but yeah, at what point should we worry about Debo not being signed? 
I here, here's the thing. I have Jason. I have Brad. We're all in the same room here. On a scale of one to ten of how worried we are, I'm gonna guess it's a combined zero. He was out there today. He was running. He was doing everything he's done. I I wouldn't be surprised if we're we're not that far away from the Debo extension news from dropping. I, I I think it's something coming soon. I'm still on the belief that nothing's really gonna move on that until the Jimmy Garoppolo situation is resolved. But but my my guess, I, I'm not worried at all. I'm not losing sleep on it, Jason. I'm sure you have the same answer, then I'll let Brad take it as well. No, I'm good. He was out there working, and during the, the team period, after IU made a great catch, he was over there dapping him up. I think there's a there's a fine understanding. Um, I wouldn't be worried, but I it's getting to Monday, so possibly something tomorrow, uh, getting closer to when pads are on, because pads are going to be more of an install, more things that you're going to start to see, and pads are going to start popping. So, yeah, I would say sooner than later. And I would agree. Zero concern about Debo and him potentially not getting an extension. Uh, feels like it would be malpractice at this point by the 49ers to kind of let this thing run into the season. So hopefully uh, coming up here pretty soon, we're going to get news that Debo Samuel is going to get paid. He is the last one. You know, the Terry McLaurins of the world, the DK Metcalfs, the AJ Browns, as Jason shudders from PTSD. Those guys have gotten paid. It's Debo. It's Debo's turn to get to. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm sorry. Um, but to go on to your question uh, that you kind of posed about uh, Mike McGlinchey, I think you could see it was his first day back in action in quite some time. Um, but I do appreciate what he was doing. I still saw a uh, snappiness from his kick step. Again, you don't want to see those lumbering steps. You want to be able to get to your spot. So when you're going up against a guy like Nick Bosa, who just has elite traits, we know, I mean, Nick Bosa is going to be in the running for defensive player of the year based on just what we've seen from training camp. So you can't get any better work uh, coming back from a torn tendon. So, He's going to be a little bit rusty, but I think the things that I did appreciate for Mike was you still saw some of the quickness, didn't look like he was lacking any speed, and you can get a little jittery. You can kind of want to engage, and when a defensive tackle or a defensive end like Nick Bosa is so technically sound, he's waiting for the offensive lineman to make a move, and once the offensive lineman makes a move, He's got a bag of tricks that he's going to throw, whether it's a hand swipe or anything like that, a swim move. He's going to bring it out. So I would imagine it might take Mike a little bit of time to get up to speed, but I still saw some good reps from Mike where he was able to come back and, again, do a pretty good job on, on Nick Bosa. But there's going to be some some fine-tuning for Mike McGlinchey, especially going against arguably the best defensive end in the NFL. Perfect. And then my, my last little note on Debo Samuel, and I think somebody told me this, he put it in my brain. Niners have a day off tomorrow. They have all day to talk about it, figure it out, maybe pound some things out, deal, make make it happen. Who knows? So we'll, we'll see. I, I think it's a nice day off for the Niners tomorrow. Uh, I don't have anything else, guys. If, if you guys don't, we could, we could call it a podcast here unless you guys got any last things. Jason's making hand signals. Are you calling an audible at the line here? Hot routing me? What are we doing? I'm just trying to uh, build the chemistry between us three because it's day four of, the, of training camp. So that's what I'm doing with my hand motions. But, yeah, I, I think that, that we're good. We can wrap it up. Um, it just There's so much to eventually talk about, especially when pads come on on Monday and, you know, 
suspecting that this Debo thing will get done soon and he will be there because it would behoove the team, like that word, would uh to get him out there to start, you know, with all of those things. So, yeah, Monday would be a very good day. They're going to have a day off. Good. Clear your heads. Get back Monday. Pads are going to start popping. I think we're going to start to see more traction and really who's doing what. You're going to start to hear those those collisions. You start to, you're going to see guys playing through the play. You'll start to find out, uh you know, what's really going on. You get a lot of questions about guys like Leon O'Neal and this guy that's like, you don't really see them too much. Like they're just not there. Like at this point, like it's it's hard to gauge what they're doing. So I th- I thought I saw another one where it was uh you know how's Aaron Banks looking out? Yeah, it's it's easy to just say hey he's looking all right right now, but we won't know until things start to fly when when you know when the offense picks it up a little bit and they start to pick up those stunts. That you saw today with the first team defense, they were kind of working on those stunts a little bit more today. Um, you saw Ebukam coming inside and you saw Kinlaw going outside kind of nice to see because everything had been pretty vanilla with warm-ups and that what we did see this is what this is going to be intriguing first team nickel corner dante johnson look don't freak out because that doesn't necessarily mean anything one way or the other but i'm tired of you guys slandering dante johnson if dante johnson starts one week nickel one like week one nickel i'm good i'm good like you guys can get all mad that you want but yeah um, thank you, Sam, for the donation. Appreciate you as always. Would have been cool to see you out here too. It's so good to see the this training camp is so different from last year, Brad. Like the amount of fans, the the they're lined up into the end zone. The 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 guys are back signing autographs for everybody. It's a different vibe. I mean, obviously, there's a different vibe because everybody's excited to see Lance, but it's pretty pretty cool to see all this. Yeah, and you and you mentioned the Dante Johnson. I think I specifically said to you today. I think it's the redemption arc for Dante Johnson. He kind of went from the meme to being a a pretty important piece of this defense. I mean, he he is the Swiss Army knife. You put him, you plug and play him. He'll play wherever. So I'm excited. I think the last two notes I had one a semi serious one, one a non serious one. Uh, Taylor Hawkins had an interception. Uh, he picked off Kyle Shanahan, but he also had a uh, pass breakup against Brock Purdy. And then I know this podcast has been hard on Talanoa Hufanga in the past because, you know, we said we're Jaquaski Tart guy. Uh, but Talanoa Hufanga had a red tint advisor, so he gets bumped up quite a bit in my rankings for that. I think the swagginess is there. So I'm pretty excited to see what that develops. I know, I know we have Rich Majerid, big tape guy. I'm a big, like, how good do you look with a visor on? So Talano Hufanga bumped up a few spots in my place. Brad, do you got any last minute things that you wanted to touch on before we wrap out? And thank you, Sin, for the donation. We appreciate it. Day one follower of the Sprint Right Option podcast. We love you. Only thing that I have to end on, and I agree with all the things that you guys talked about. Um, who's going to be that six wide receiver? Because I think we've seen Ray Ray. We've seen Danny Gray. I think Danny Gray has really proven that he can be a guy out there for the 49ers. We just got to got to get one of the quarterbacks to really be able to give him a shot at one of these deep balls. I know they've had a hard time connecting, but I think Danny Gray has proven that he can get off the line. He can snap. He can stack DBs and he can get open. Uh, but it really does feel like Malik Turner is a guy that's out there quite a bit. Um, and that seems like Kyle Shanahan trusts, you know, a guy that, that I was high on, uh, going into this undrafted free agent, Tay Martin, haven't seen a whole lot from him, but we have seen a whole lot from Malik Turner. Um, so interested to see how that continues to play out. And of course, just can't wait to get back to Monday pads are popping offensive versus defensive line for me is going to be the main attraction. I cannot wait. Beautiful. That's exciting. I know Brad 
and Jason. They're going to give you some great, great content on Monday. Jason's got one last point before I wrap it up. He does not. I we're, we're, The muting the mic is very hard. My button does not work very well. I'm very excited. We're, we're excited. Jason and Brad, they're going to have some great content coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, Jason, what do you got? He, he, he's waving to me off camera, so I, I think he's got something great here. The training camp jitters are not just for the team. It's for ourselves, right? We're trying to figure things out ourselves, right? So, like, you know, he's like, I think he's got something. I don't, like, the, the, it's all there. But, yeah, man, shout out to everybody for tapping in. Like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell on both channels. And any way that you get your audio podcast or Sprint Right option, make sure you guys are subscribed. A lot of good content coming to you guys from camp. Sleepy one, there was a lot of conversation between me and Brad how the hair was going to be. I asked I asked Brad, too, like, hey, how do you get your hair in the bun with the hat on? I don't really know how to do it. There, there was a lot of planning that went into the hair. Uh, but, Jason, that was the perfect way to end it. That's what I was going to say. I see a lot of new names here. If you haven't subscribed to the Spring Red Option podcast, go do it. This audio will be up tomorrow. I'll get this uploaded. You could anywhere you can find us, Apple, Spotify, Jason Aponte's YouTube channel. We 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 have the audio. We record twice a week if you're new. Hey, guys, we're getting there. The 49ers, I, I don't know if you guys are aware, the 49ers play a real preseason, but a real football game. 13 days, a long honor tradition of beating the Green Bay Packers. It's gonna be exciting, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. Brad, I really appreciate you joining. It's always great seeing you. Uh, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm very excited for this football season. So thank you very much. Jason's got one more finger. What you got? Let's get to Yard House, man. Stop messing around, and y'all have been holding me back. I'm tired of all of you. We're going to Yard House, baby. And Jason Aponte, as always. Let's go, Niners. And thank you, Brad. Appreciate you. Brad, that, that's where we end the podcast. Okay, I'm heading in now. Appreciate you.